welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Hello and welcome. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. Good to see you. Uh, with the latest round of games, there is a lot to cover and reflect on. Uh, the question I have, I have quite a few. What happens when you know you need to win and you don't? How are you going to bounce back? Uh, reflecting, I will be, on the must-win game uh, for London City Lionesses against Sheffield United and what the result may mean for the rest of the league and in particular Bristol City going forward. We also have the rest of the Barclays WC Women's Championships results and seeing how things are for all of those teams uh, through the middle and at the bottom. Uh, we'll touch on the WSL results as well. Another big win for Manchester City women. What does that mean for the running? Interesting. I think there was a League Cup final as well. And there's something that happened in the Premier League. Mm, what's that about? Okay, so we start with uh, London City Lionesses who are chasing right now. They're chasing uh, right now in terms of uh, the results. What's happening with them? Now, before this game, I had a quick look at the pre-match uh, stuff that uh, London City Linus has put out. Um, some of the players had spoken, the uh, acting uh, head coach, uh, Nikita, had had um, put out in terms of their, their, their pre-briefing, their press briefing as to what they thought about the game and also what they had done in the run-up to the game. And obviously, this is coming on after international breaks where players have moved around the country and around the world in terms of their country's uh, requirements. So, you know, they had spent a lot of time looking at themselves. I'm kind of shortening what was said. And in terms of the season so far and what they needed to do as a team, they needed to see how they could move the ball around quicker in transition and work in smaller groups and individualised work uh, so that the team would be ready uh, when they faced Sheffield United at the weekend. So that's in the pre-game pre notes. Now, in terms of form guide, you know, if you'd have looked at this game just from where the teams were in the league, you would have said that London City Lionesses, in terms of the fixtures that they have, the results that they put forward and the goals that they've scored, that this game was going to be a formality, really and truthfully. That's what you would think. They were second. Sheffield United were 11th at the time. They hadn't had the best run of games. They've changed the manager. They had a manager that had not been in place for a while. A new manager has come in. And you're thinking, could there be a new manager bounce? Yes, they could. So uh, despite the form guide, despite what many people would have looked at and said that this may have been not an easy three points, but three points that London City Lionesses, considering the experience that they have um, in the team and the way that they have been well drilled so far this season, this was almost a formality, in my opinion. Not, maybe not for everyone, but in my opinion. Some may agree and disagree. So on paper, this fixture looked like it was going to go one particular way. Um, and what I need to also outline as well, even though the league only contains 12 teams, which is, for me, an issue, Sheffield United's position in the league at this point was misleading. You know, they were 11th. And they haven't had the best run of games, but this is a very talented team. This is a very good team. This team has established football player and also young, gifted talent, okay? They are a much better outfit before this game um, than their league position 
displayed or, or, or told whatever story you may have thought about. It was very misleading, very misleading. So in terms of the game, so in terms of the game, despite conceding a goal within the first 15 minutes, right? This is Sheffield, Sheffield United. Um, they didn't look like a team that would accept defeat at that point, right? And as the game went on, that became more and more evident for those who are watching the game live, right? And it probably became more evident to the opposition, London City Lionesses, in terms of what they were up against. This was, from Sheffield United, this was a dig deep. I mean, when I say dig deep, this was a dig deep, deep performance from them. Every player on the pitch did their part. Every player. Um, they had uh, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk um, spearheading the attack up front. Um, always interesting to watch Courtney play when she played. Um, I've watched them play against uh, London City Lionesses before. The encounter and the engagement that uh, she gets into with um, the defender, London City Lionesses defender, Harley Bennett, is, is almost, it's nuanced, but rugged. Uh, even cute, right? They both know that there's going to be plenty of running, plenty of, you know, barging, plenty of, you know, good play from both 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 players. And it's, I would say, rugged, nuanced, and even cute, okay? So, in terms of the, the, the goals, um, even though, and I say, even though London City Linus is scored first, you know, from a header, Sheffield, Sheffield United didn't look like they were going to lose this game. They didn't. Um, and shortly before half time, um, they equalise, uh, which was a blow to London City Lionesses because despite the opportunities that they had, despite the um, their ability or inability to kill kill the game off when those opportunities arose, it, as minimal as they were, um, that gave a real kind of shot of adrenaline to the Sheffield United players who did everything they could to repel, shut down, frustrate London City Lionesses um, right across the pitch, uh, player for player, player for player. And um, the London City Lionesses players before this game knew, would have no doubt had thought about that this was a game you know, for better or worse, in terms of wording, was a must-win game. It was a must-win game. Um, and, it, and it didn't go their way. In terms of Sheffield United, Sheffield United and every one of the players of Sheffield United ran further, ran harder, ran faster than the London City Lion, less his team, in every position. And, and that was visible and clear to see um, for those watching. And as I sat next to the touchline, I could see the GPS tracker that the Sheffield United um, coaching staff were using to track the players. And, and I doubt very much that the Sheffield United players would have been told off about the, 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 the amount of, um, in terms of the distance that they've covered, because the proof would have been there for them on the day. 
that they did exactly what they needed to do in terms of putting the miles in, putting the hard running in, and working for one another in terms of what they wanted to achieve on the day. Um, in terms of individuals, for Sheffield United, uh, Barker, Hartley and Rigler, uh, solid, absolutely solid uh, in the defensive duties, you know, minimising any opportunities created by Muya on the right-hand side or Napier on the left-hand side for London City Lionesses. And I'll talk a little bit about those two players for London City Lionesses, especially those two, um, a little bit a little bit further on. Um, in terms of Sheffield United's goalkeeper Stenson, seemed a bit shaky, you know, just after conceding and maybe before, but totally grew in confidence throughout the game. Quite a tall keeper, um, able to come out and, and, and catch the ball and collect the ball well. Um, yeah, really, really good. Um, Walters, Rayner, Paul in midfield for Sheffield. Essential shield for the defence. Absolutely fantastic um, in terms of their endeavour, in terms of their ability to find play players, in terms of their teammates. <clears throat> Excuse me, break up play. Absolutely fantastic. And up front, Wilcock and um, Sweetman Kirk. Um, Wilcock acting as the perfect partner for Sweetman Kirk in attack in the early part of the game for the bulk in terms of the first half and, and, and the first part of the second half. And um, with the substitutions that Sheffield made, the players that came on um, were really, you know, added to, not only added to the goals on the day, Enderby, fantastic goal. Um, making a making it a really miserable afternoon for the home team, a really miserable afternoon, and a super jubilant one for Sheffield on the pitch at the end of the game and on their way home. Uh, that was an upward, upwardly mobile, get my words out, um, result in relation to their league position, in relation to their morale, uh, in relation to the new manager bounce, in relation to where they are. And I stated at the beginning. Sheffield United, in terms of their league position before this fixture, it, their position was misleading in terms of who they were as a team, as a collective, because they're really, really good. Um, I've probably missed a couple of players. Uh, Rima, um, excellent on the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, it, just just really, really good. So, so for Sheffield United's position, um, and things went their way as well in terms of the teams around them not not picking up points. They move. In, a, in, a, in the in the opposite direction to where they were. Um, great result, great endeavour. You know, frustrated London City Lionesses could tell them very, very well, very well. Uh, and as for um, London City Lionesses head, uh, acting head coach, Nikita, um, when I spoke to her afterwards, she was fairly pragmatic, you know, um, when assessing the team's performance, and we'll hear a little bit of that back in, in a moment or so, um, and about the team's application. Um, every player in, in the, the London City Lionesses team tried their best on the day. However, even though they scored, um, and even though they scored the first goal, I never, in my opinion, never had a sense that this game was secure in terms of a result for them. It felt and looked patchy um, when considering their passing on the day. In terms of their pre-game routine, 
I was there early enough to see the teams warm up and what they were doing in terms of their drills, the one and two touch, the shooting. Um, and I have a, a thing to say about that as well. Um, so yeah, it felt, it felt and it looked patchy and it didn't look um, as if they were actually finding each other in the way that they would have done previously in other games. Um, yeah, uh, more importantly, more importantly, in terms of, in terms of what I saw in the day, the decision making uh, when in possession of the ball and um, overplaying in certain parts of the pitch. And that was indicative of what was to unfold. Um, errors in the back line, uh, I think for both the goals, um, um, as a result of that, in terms of a clearance, which goes, in terms of the first goal, goes back into midfield. Great forward pass to Sweetman Kirk, who's, who's delicious and elegant chip over the oncoming LCL goalkeeper is, was a really, really cool finish. And, um, you know, and, and the errors in the back line provided free kicks to Sheffield who who would go on and take on and take and take the opportunities and not just for the free kicks, but generally a, a, a apply more pressure to the London City Lionesses goal when they were in a winning position. And um, from the London City Lionesses point of view, in terms of the players and the the management team, the staff who who have, have travelled really well in terms of where they were at the beginning of this journey, not just in, in terms of this season, but where they were at the beginning to where they are now, they are seen as a really entertaining and talented and attack-minded team, um, but with moments of frailty in terms of where they make their decisions around the edge of the box, in terms of midfield and in terms of their wide play. Now, there were personnel that weren't playing for London City Lionesses. They had um, Primes from the bench. Uh, is injured. They've got long-term injury in terms of Fleming. So they've got players that have been moved around. And I did ask um, Nikita about um, Rogers being in the defensive back line. Was there an issue in terms of the experience in the midfield, in terms of the steel that would drive the team forward? And not a problem there at all. And this isn't the first time that Rogers has been played in a much deeper role in terms of what she could do in that in that position what was clear was that she didn't have the same level of influence as she had in previous games where she was able to get on the ball and drive forward from a deeper role and kind of engage with the midfield she was very much kept busy here at the back because Sweetman Kirk and Wilcock are you know very different players and also they are busy and everyone as I stated earlier everyone in the Sheffield United team ran harder and ran faster with and without the ball um so it 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 kind of it was always going to go that way um i do have a couple of things in terms of what i needed to consider i don't want to questions but things that i've considered like so for crossing and shooting right and these are specialisms in football you work on them um as a professional i say you work on them when you're not a professional you just work on those areas and there is something that all players, these are some things that all players need to work on. And 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 it's not even so much what they need to work on, it's the how and when they do so. Um, so that they become more fluent 
in terms of what the team needs, in terms of the language that the team speaks. And I say fluent, there's a fluidity. And there's an understanding that um, the ball will always move quicker than you if you're running with it, which means pass the ball sooner. Now, the two wide players who are very talented, who are very quick on their day, who are very skillful, fail to get into their heads how to get past the fullbacks that they were facing on the day. They just didn't have a good time. Both were frustrated. Um, I would say that I sense frustration from we were in the first 45 minutes in terms of what you weren't able to do. And sometimes you're not always going to be able to receive the ball with your back to the player or defender and think you're going to have the time to take a touch, then take another touch and then run with the ball without being tackled. It's just sometimes it's not going to work. And despite that, there didn't seem to be a real change in terms of how they were going to receive the ball or put themselves in a position which would kind of stretch the pitch in a way or be more cute in terms of touch and layoff. It just seems you can try, you played really well, but there was this, there's a time when you can release the ball quicker so that you can get away from your marker and get into space. And that didn't take place. And what was evident in terms of watching London City Lionesses from the left-hand side, and this is where I, people say I'm being a little bit critical, but it's just what I see. If you're playing on the left, you need to learn how to cross with your left at the given time. It's no good always getting down to the byline or getting close to the edge of the box and trying to come back inside on your right-hand side. Because if you're that quick and you're in a position to get past and you're looking up and there's no one there, you need to drive on and actually take a shot at goal, drive into the box, commit a defender. Because if no one from the midfield has made the run because they're not as fast as you, you need to drive in. And if you're on a position in terms of the angle and you know that the defender's on your right-hand side and the minute you shift the ball over to your right, they're going to tackle you, you've got to be more comfortable and confident using your left, whether it's chipping the ball, crossing the ball, shooting the ball, you know? And, and uh, yeah, those are the things that I, I pick up by watching what I saw. And I have a lot of time for London City Lionesses. I really, really do. I really do. People will say that I'm slightly biased. But it is football and it's all very emotive. So there are those things that, in terms of questions, but thoughts that I've had in terms of of what that is. But the most important thing out of everything is the need for there to be, to realise as a player that sometimes the ball will move quicker than you. Therefore, you need to pass it on and not always run with it. And in terms of crossing, yeah, there was some crossing which wasn't actually, in terms, there was an overload on the one side and the crosses should have been more delicate and, and more accurate and they were overhit and, yeah, and, and that's it. And the last thing, in fact, you know, it's so much not just the last thing, another thing, because I want to actually talk about the the assistant ref referee. Like, come on, what's I mean, you know, I've witnessed a number of poor decisions relating to who the throw should be got to be awarded to. I mean, this is quite a simple thing. I mean, Sheffield had a number of calls that didn't go their way, and rightly so, they will could be annoyed. Coaching staff should be annoyed, players should be annoyed. But the, it, it was a comical to watch the assistant referee 
Look at the ball go out off a player and then look at the referee to see which way should I flag. And then the referee's then looking at the assistant referee thinking, which way are you going to flag? It was like, you know, 10 to 15 seconds worth of like non-communication where you think, well, who, what is going on? Because everyone else on the line can see that the ball went out for one particular team and you're not going to give the, the you're not going to award them the throwing. Why? I don't, I don't get it. It's very simple. And what that does is it creates a separate narrative off the side of the pitch, which runs parallel with the game, which then creates a contentious attitude along the side of the pitch for the, the, the coaching staff and the other coaching staff. And then it feeds onto the pitch for the game. It just really just like officials, please come on. It's a throw-in. I mean, to get that wrong once, yeah, maybe three, four, five, six times. Come on. Come on, it's just, I don't get it. Come on. Um, and, it, and those things impact on the pitch because the players, get, then it takes them off of what they need to do. They're just getting with the game. Um, in terms of the result, devastating. No, not devastating. Not a great result for London City Lionesses, but for Sheffield United, absolutely fantastic result. Super. And they, and they celebrated like it was a fantastic result at the end. Really, really good. Really good um, result and game for them and a good performance. In terms of the scoreline, we know it's Sheffield United 2, London City Lionesses 1. Lily Ag scoring in the first 15 minutes, 11 minutes, it says. Sweetman Kirk, 43rd minute. And then Mia Enderby, um, talented young player. Talented young player. So London City Lionesses remain second for now. And Sheffield move to ninth in the league. It's really, really interesting. Uh, before we go on to the rest of the, more importantly, the rest of the um, results from the championship, just hear a little bit from uh, London City Lionesses uh, assistant, or sorry, acting head coach, Nikita. Uh, and then we'll get back to this shortly. Thoughts on today's game? I think the disappointing with the result, disappointing with the performance, um, had opportunities um, in the first half um, to um, increase our scoreline, didn't as the game gets tougher, um, their grit and their determination outweighed our um, work rate and uh, the result speaks for that. Well, that was the uh, words of Nikita, who was very, as I said, very pragmatic and uh, forthright in terms of, of what was said after the game. And to be honest, um, I hung around a little bit longer because I don't, they didn't want to speak to me. They, I, I think they were really, really uh, upset in terms of their performance, the players and the staff. And uh, and it's not surprising because they knew what that game and that result uh, would have meant if they were going the other way. Stepping away from them to the team at the top of the table, travelling all the way from Bristol down to Crystal Palace. Um, Crystal Palace, who um, a feel-good factor about them, again, it seems. Uh, hosted Bristol, who were, you know, looking to kind of extend their lead. First time for a while that Bristol and London City Lionesses kick off at the same time. Who knew? Um, Bristol continue their march towards the WSL, and it does look like a march where they are at the moment. They've got a six-point gap, considering uh, the defeat that London City Lionesses uh, had to contend with. Um, there is still lots to play for. And Bristol will no doubt know that they cannot, for one moment, become complacent. Um, great for them 
Grace Clinton, two goals. Abbott Harrison um, to make it three goals to nil. Um, and as for the Harrison pass for the Clinton goal, whew, source, what can I say? Um, I will say this, though. Uh, there is one moment in the clip when you watch the goal, the Palace defender kind of looks at Clinton, does a little look to the left and goes back. And then by the time she's come back, the ball's chipped over and the reaction is too slow and the finish is fantastic. Uh, Bristol stay top. Uh, they are now have a nice little cushion, bit of padding. Palace sit in sixth in the league and feel disappointed that they didn't register a goal in terms of their favour in regards to this game. But they will no doubt be happy with the performance. I know that some of the fans were happy. They're still, they always uh, make it known to the players that they are with them regardless of the result, which is really good to see. But I've got to say the pass from Harrison to Clinton. Mm, the source on that. Ooh, rude. Um, elsewhere, in terms of Sheffield United and Bristol, team down at the bottom. So Durham, who for me has been a team that hasn't really gone on as they should have because uh, when I first started watching this league, they were just phenomenal. They do, you know, they do they do still have great players and they hosted Coventry who are trying their best to remain in the championship. And despite the positive feeling around Coventry recently, and there is positivity there, Lee Birch doing a great job. Team spirit is up. Um, this is a defeat uh, that they probably didn't want, but it won't deter them from trying to maintain their stay in the Barclays Women's Championship. Durham put the full burn on in this game. Five different scorers. Five. Whew. Um, good for Co um, good for Durham, not so good for Coventry. Uh, they lose by five goals to one. Coventry remain bottom and Durham are eighth in the league. Again, false position. What's going on? Maybe it's because there are only 12 teams, so maybe it's not so false. Um, elsewhere in the championship, Birmingham. Wow, what's going on there? Blackburn Rovers. Woo. Um, Birmingham by two goals to one. They get two goals and a red card to boot. You know, you don't really see too many red cards in the world of Woso. And if someone is given a red card, then the FA take it away and then they give the red card. They don't give it, they suspend someone else and blah, blah, blah. You know, you know what I mean. That's a different league. Behave yourself, Rodney. Um, but yeah, Birmingham get the points. They get the goals uh, after going a goal down. Uh, Blackburn don't do their usual lock it up and shut them down routine. They can't, They don't do that. No, 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 not this time. And Saffron Jordan isn't on the score sheet, which is odd. Really odd to see. How dare they? What's going on? Uh, great for Birmingham. They, they are fourth in the league. Uh, Blackburn are now 11th. They've traded places with Sheffield United. Not good, but they're still in a decent... There's a little bit of a cushion between them and Coventry, but not much. Not much. A lot can happen. A lot can happen. Don't get too comfortable. Uh, down the coast, uh, Lewis played host to Sunderland. And again, Sunderland, uh, who have been, had a real mixed bag of, of, of in terms of season, don't get anything in, in terms of this game. No joy for them. They can see two goals. Lewis doing what they need to do at home. Ellie Mason does like scoring of late. That's something. Uh, Lewis win, which is great for them. Sunderland swap places uh, with someone else going down and are now uh, just a little bit ahead of Coventry. 
it's not good. Just a little bit ahead. Um, so there, there's that. And the one result which really did shock me this weekend, in terms of London City Linus is losing, that was a shock. But in terms of really shocked me, with Charlton winning at, at home against Southampton. Now, Southampton have proven, you know, consistently this season, they're not a team to kind of roll over, especially away from home. To see them not on the score sheet is unusual. Um, so this must have been a really dig-in deep win for Charlton. Early goal within the first 10 minutes for them, and literally it sealed the deal for them. Charlton get the three points, and Southampton stay third, you stay third, but they're 10 points behind Bristol at this point in third place. Uh, Charlton are fifth. Um, so it is it is really interesting. Really interesting. Okay, we're going to move away from the championship. But before we do, we're going to hear a little bit more from Nikita. And then we're going to go over the WSL results. Come back soon. Um, there's still plenty to play for. Plenty, plenty of games. Um, does it change your approach for the rest of the season? I think, uh, if, if anything, you'd like to think it adds more determination and motivation because um, like you say we are now chasing um, and it's really important that we still take our processes our, as our processes uh, one game at a time focus on the next um, and, we'll, and we'll see how it all plays out by the end of the season right, thank you very much right, thank you. boom we're back okay so there is this thing in terms of the league what's happening with the league well there were some fixtures where some teams were still playing and there was a cup final taking place, so not everyone got to play. So uh, these games will take place in the week. But in terms of fixtures for the WSL, Manchester United doing what they did. They've had a really good season, despite Mark Skinner taking some heat from some of the fans. They are playing good football and they're getting the results. They score five big, juicy goals against Leicester at home. Leicester not feeling great after this one. Uh, to concede so many goals is not a good feeling, but Manchester United are still top at the moment. We'll talk about the league table in a minute, but they're still top. But there are other teams still to play. In terms of Everton, um, they were hosting Aston Villa. Carla Ward's army, everyone bow down for Carla Ward. Magic things at Aston Villa. Everton nil, Aston Villa too. Great for Villa doing stuff. They've recruited well, we've said before. They've got some outstanding players there. And Carla Ward, you know, at what point does the Manchester United interview process stop for Carla Ward? I don't know. It just, I'm joking. I'm joking. Please behave. Uh, let's bounce up to Manchester. Manchester City 3. Tottenham won. Tottenham had a season, but they're playing a Manchester City in form. But it's not been a very good season in terms of what they produced last season. It has been terrible for them. It has been. Manchester City, on the other hand, they are feeling really good. And we'll talk about the league position in a minute. Reading, Bosch, winning. Two goals to one against West Ham. This game could have gone either way. It went in Reading's favour. Happy for Reading. Happy for the manager. Um, Reading are still there. You know, still there. You, you, as long as you stay away from the bottom, it's fine. Still there. Uh, games to take place. Arsenal-Liverpool will be interesting when that happens. And Chelsea-Brighton will be interesting when that happens. All uh, in the next few days. Now, there was a, a cup final and we will talk about it. But it 
it, the ramifications of what see people think when a manager speaks candidly about a, a team's performance, you can be pragmatic and just say things didn't go well and no one can be upset about it. It's not the end of the world. Uh, in terms of the WSL table, Manchester United at the top, as I say, they've played 14 and they've got 35 points. Man City have played 14 and got 32 points. Now, Chelsea are third at the moment. They've got two games in hand. And should they win their two games in hand, they will go top. But then there's Arsenal who have played 12 games, but they've got 26 points. So they're quite a distance off. So for them to kind of get close to the top two in the same way as the top two are right now in terms of the Manchester clubs, it's going to take a really big effort. And it's going to take for those other teams to slip up considerably. I just don't see it happening. So I honestly believe at this point in the season that those teams that are going to get into the Champions League will probably be Chelsea, will probably be Manchester City and Manchester United. My gosh, Manchester United fans doing a European tour. Who knew? It's written in the stars. Written in the stars. I don't think they'll have a coach big enough by the time that happens, but it can happen. In terms of the rest of the league, Aston Villa are fifth. They're doing well. Great stuff. And um, further on that, I mean, there's West Ham and there's Liverpool and Reading. Reading are ninth, so good for Reading. Tottenham are tenth. This is how bad things are for Tottenham. They are. This is bad because if Leicester get their act together, and Leicester are bottom on six points, Tottenham have nine. They are in a very, very difficult situation. This is no joke. Brighton, who have got rid of their manager again, are eleventh. I mean, the guy was only here long enough to tell you. Tie shoelaces and then gone. This is the this is the deal. When teams are so close to the bottom of the WSL and they know that staying in the WSL is the but the only thing that matters, they're going to start getting rid of managers. Spurs need to win. Spurs need to win. They have really good setup there. They really need to kind of you know basically as I said at the beginning, run faster, push harder. That simple. They've got players there who understand because they played in Champions League games for Chelsea. They're now at Spurs. They have the understanding of what's required in terms of um, attitude, application, mentality. They need to kind of glean as much as they can from those players so that they move in the opposite direction of the tables. Very, very important. Very important for, for Tottenham, indeed. Uh, I'm happy for Reading. Reading, I, I mean, I thought Reading might have get relegated but I, you know they still it's possible but they're in the I feel they'll get I think they'll get, get away I think they'll get away Leicester I could be watching Leicester again next season that's it I think I could be watching them uh, one thing I want to say in terms of the WSL you can go to the if you go to Google and you go to the Barclays Women Championship page and you try and look and you think oh fixtures great um, league table great that's brilliant and then you go and do the same thing the WSL and you think fixtures great, league table great. And then there's another thing called stats. And you click on stats and you get, you know, a picture of the player, how many goals they've scored. Then you scroll down and then there's their assist and who's had the most assists and players. And then you think who's had the most yellow cards and, you know, who's had the most red card. And you go to the championship, you get nothing. You get nothing. Is it possible, please, for the limited fan base that there is for the Women's Championship, can we have some of the same? Is it possible, you know, please? Not asking for much. Not asking for much. 
Thank you. Um, league final. Arsenal beat Chelsea in the League Cup final and certain players were left to pick themselves up off the floor, apparently. Much has been made of Emma Hayes's uh, post-match comments about Chelsea's loss and um, the manager being candid and saying that, you know, it was down to the players and the players didn't matter what the manager had said. You know, should managers be able to speak as they see? That's the question that people think, oh, not allowed. Surely fans and supporters do all the time. If a player doesn't do well, they say so. They boo even. Call them out. Um, so I believe, in my opinion, that a manager should have the same right to say it as they see it. And it may seem hurtful or it may sound hurtful, but there is a strong possibility that it could just be down to the players not turning up on the day. And the players will feel upset at the end of the day and at the end of the game and they will be reflective and they will have to look at themselves and, you know, and when asked did you do enough? Or when they ask themselves, did I do enough? They will be honest. And it may be that Emma Hayes, not only did she say it as she saw it, but the players understood what was said because they see it the same way. They see it the same way. They played the game. Emma Hayes was in no different position than anyone else watching the game on the sidelines. And once you cross that line and you're you're, you can give your man, your player can, um, manager can give instructions to any player in terms of what's required of them in terms of the game plan. But if you don't turn up, that's not on the manager. That's down to the player. The player didn't turn up. All the players didn't turn up. They didn't engage. And that's, and that. <laughs> oh, I love. And that, and that has happened, that, that can happen anywhere. That can happen, oh my days, that can happen anywhere. That's all I'm going to say. Just wait one minute, I'll be back after this. No play acting. Now, Premier League. Got to talk about the Premier League. Respect to the Premier League. It's exciting this weekend. Arsenal winning. Bosch! Coming up with them like last-minute horror story revivals and then rescuing themselves, coming out. Ah! Uh, and I, the, before our little, this is not play-acting, plenty of play-acting in the Premier League. If no one's watched it, just watch a game. Um, and sometimes players don't even turn up in the Premier League. And sometimes players not even not even turn up. They even asked to be substituted during the game. You know, that's when a manager needs to speak candidly. So it happens. So you have one set of football fans going, oh, you're not allowed to speak and say something about the manager. And then you see another set of fans going, oh, the play's not turned. Same game. Now, it seems that there was a big scoreline at the weekend in the Premier League. I don't know if you know anything about it. So players not turning up. Manchester United and Liverpool had a game. Now, this is a fixture where one team has hardly turned up all season. Ask any Liverpool fan. And 
where one team has really turned up this season, asks any Manchester United fan, my manager this, my manager that. But on this one occasion, one didn't turn up. And not only did one not turn up, one wanted to come off the pitch. Everybody feels the pain of a heavy defeat. Everybody. Just comes, happens in Barclays Women's Championship, in the WSL for women, in the Premier League, in the Champions League. It just happens. Now, my friends know of my affiliation, which has been stretched over time, with Manchester United. Right? And those same friends, after that game, right, the Manchester United and Liverpool game, they, uh, those same friends, you know what they did? They sent me a text message every seven minutes for 90 minutes. The banter is real. Woo. Anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, roundup of the Women's Championship, roundup of the WSL, a little touch base on players not turning up and saying, I don't want to play no more, take me off. In the Premier League, managers have the right to say as they see it. It's that simple. Uh, I'm Rodney Cyrus. This was on and off the pitch. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch.